0: The new owner of this station, I want to make sure we have the best talent on the air. That's why I've decided to ban all real estate agents and only have real talkers like Brad and John. Here they are, B and J. I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at bjshow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. And we have some... Off to a bad start again. Some technical problems here, and I apologize for that, John. Okay, we are back. Hey, it happens. And I hope you are back. Correct? You are that? I'm here. I'm right here. Okay, hold on a minute. I got to stop something here. Uh, Do this. Okay. Uh, it is the B and J Show. Brad and John. B and BJ Show Co. I still have trouble with that. I don't believe you've can... got to consecutively write two in a row. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Okay, a lot of things to talk about this morning. First off, and I want to talk and. First off, I want to set the stage by saying I'm not an electric car hater. Matter of fact, if I had the wherewithal to purchase a Tesla, I would be driving a Tesla or one of the other electric cars, mainly because of the fact that um, the reason I would do that is because at one of our studio locations, I have the ability to put up, I already have some solar panels, uh, and I have the ability to put up more solar panels, so essentially I could drive the car for free because of the fact that I could just charge it with the solar panels, okay? That's pretty cool, yeah. But... If you are you heard what happened in Chicago Did you hear the story of the Chicago the Tesla charging stations? No, what happened? Oh Yeah, I, I saw a clip of this, but I didn't I didn't read anything about it. What happened? You can't get the cars to charge all these people their cars won't charge and this is sort of complicated and I am not the chemical uh, engineer or anything like that, but batteries have Certain batteries have different times, types of chemicals. For the most part, the the batteries in your cars are what they call lead acid. The, the thing that makes it work there's there's liquid acid in there and there's lead, and that's how there's a you know a chemical reaction between the lead and the acid which produces electricity. Okay, and there are other kinds of batteries, lithium lithium ion. Uh, for a long time, it was NiCad's, nickel cadmium and stuff like that. Okay, batteries charge at different rates at different temperatures. If you get into very sophisticated batteries, they will have a charging sensor on them that reads the temperature of the battery. And the amount okay. of charge that is put into the battery is dependent upon the temperature of the battery. If the battery gets overheated, it'll stop charging the battery. If the battery is very cold, it will charge the battery very, very, very slowly. This, is the, problem, that this is the problem they're having in Chicago, where these people are going to the Tesla charging stations. Now, keep in mind, also, because of the fact that it's very, very cold, colder than it has been here in, Ch- in St. Louis, but uh, even colder in Chicago, way below freezing in Chicago... Any kind of battery has diminished capacity once you get below a certain temperature. And once you get below a certain, certain temperature, the battery capacity is just all gone to hell. I mean, it's just, you know, in other words, you could pick up a car. Let's say you could pick up a car in Miami and it was fully charged. And let's say you loaded that into an airplane and... And you flew it. You didn't drive it. You flew it to Chicago, and you rolled it out on the tarmac. And it got you know cold in Chicago. The car got all you know colded up, uh, as opposed to heated up. Uh, the car got all colded up, <laughs> and uh, you looked at the battery gauge. It might show fifty percent capacity. In other words, you haven't used any of the capacity. It's just because of the fact it's cold. That this makes is, sense. Yeah. This is the problem with the electric cars. Is that is that you know once again, I'm not saying that electric cars are bad. What I say is, let people have a choice. These states sure. that are already mandated, yeah. you can't have an, an, what's called an ICE, which is internal combustion engine, which is essentially your regular old gasoline or diesel engine. You can't have an ICE engine past the year 2030. Well, first off, there's the problem. There's you know There's the situation with charging stations. Second off, there's not enough power in the grid, like, for example, right now, In St. Louis area, and in the areas that are having the extreme cold weather, like we're having, there is a huge draw on the electrical grid because of the fact that a lot of people... Have electric heat already. They don't necessarily all have gas heat, but even if they do have electric or gas heat, they've got a space heater, you know, electric space heater they plug in, or they've got a, you know, a coil that they wind around their pipe so they don't freeze. And, you know, so and, and they're, and they may be using, uh, you know, they may be uh, even to the point where this is not the kind of thing you should do, uh, but sometimes people would open up their stove and turn their stove on, and, you know, especially if electric stove, it's a gas stove, shouldn't do that. That's dangerous. But electric stove people will do that. So in other words, we're having a peak, uh, just like we have in a summer, we're having a peak usage on the electric grid, okay? That's without having a gazillion electric cars. I mean, yeah. once he had all these electric cars, it just, I'm just going like, okay. And once again, the people, you read these stories, like, for example, there was a story, a guy uh, in Chicago read the story about, he has a Tesla. He went to the, to the supercharging station. It wouldn't charge. He had to call a flatbed tow truck to pick up the car and take it somewhere and put it inside so we could charge it. Let's, yeah. let's think about this for a minute. You well, know? I mean, is well, there... I mean
1: is, and the other thing is, too, so, so here's, here's a glimpse into what happens when I get off. What, de- depending, on, depending on kids' school schedule on any given day, but when I get off this call, so we're done at 8 o'clock, generally I listen to, there's, there's a company called Hedgeye. And they're the the top investment – they're the only investment group that I listen to. So I join a call at 8 a.m. and I listen to – I just listen to the macro show call. And then I listen to – they have a – there's a separate call that's an hour and a half that is going on while we're doing this show that I miss. But I listen to to the broadcast of it. The point is is that they have different sector heads. And they go through different industries every single day. And on the Friday call, the industrials guy, a guy named J. Uh, J. Van Skyver, talked about Lucid Group. And Brad, you probably know Lucid for, oh, yeah. for EVs. The point of the story is that with EV production, and he was using, he was using uh, Lucid as one example, they predicted that they would – or estimates were that they would produce 1,700 cars in the quarter and they produce more than 1700 cars and the problem for lucid specifically is that they have so much production and these cars are sitting on the lot and so many people have gotten into as van Skyver describes it so many people have gotten into this market now that cars are sitting and nobody's buying them or i should say people are buying them and the market is indeed expanding but production now is out is outpacing consumption of it well and then particularly you look at this market brad sorry to interrupt but you you, you look at this market now and as the as we enter into a recession who's going to pay that much for an entry-level ev
0: well there but the problem is there are no entry-level evs i mean that's, right, well yeah i mean whatever you could say
1: i mean entry-level let me put that in in air quotes there brad an entry-level ev
0: well tesla can when they came out with they said the s model was going to be $29,000, okay? For four people. That's for four people. Well, find me one at $29,000. Right, absolutely. You, you can't. See, the same thing that's happened. What's interesting about this is the same thing that's happened in the pickup truck market, okay? If you go back 30 years, pickup trucks were work trucks, okay? They didn't have fancy interiors. Yeah. They didn't have you know power windows and stuff like that. And your typical pickup truck was a regular cab truck, not a extended cab or a super cab or a crew cab, whatever they call it. And an eight foot bed. That was a pickup truck. An eight foot bed. And the reason for an eight foot bed is because you could put an eight foot, uh, uh, you could put a four by eight sheet of plywood in the back, back four by eight sheet of drywall in the back. Put some, you know, two by fours, two, two by, by eights, fours, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff in the back of the truck. Okay, it's almost. I would be willing to bet you if I said to you, John, I want you. Here's your. Here's your. Let's have a bet. Uh, you go out today. <clears throat> hold on a minute. I get an allotment. You give me an allotment to spend on a pickup. No, I would just say, go out and find me at a new car dealership. Find me a regular cab eight foot bed pickup truck that you could buy that's like a stripper version in the ford that would be what they call an xl uh rubber floor mats that kind of stuff like a basic level basic level Uh, i would be willing to bet you you can't find one and i didn't know that oh yeah yeah you just can't find them anymore because what's happened is that there are now trucks being sold pickup trucks being sold hold on just a minute there are pickup trucks being sold for $100,000, it's not unusual to go on a, 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 a lot for a Ford dealership. Now, we're talking about, you know, a diesel crew cab, you know, a diesel dually. In other words, you know, six wheels, four in the back, two up front, uh, a diesel dually. But still, $100,000, okay? The dealership, I mean, the, the dealership, the manufacturer probably cost them eh, $40,000 to make that truck, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're making $60,000 profit. Why in the world would they make a $40,000 work truck that they're maybe making eh, $3,000 on where they can crank out yeah. all these high-end. And the crazy th- thing is people are buying them now. Of course, and, and you know that because obviously they wouldn't produce, they, they
1: wouldn't ignore that that lower level if they, if they thought there was money there.
0: But what's happened is Ford especially, which came out with the Lightning, which is their all-electric pickup truck, Nobody is buying them. They're sitting on the lot. Ford with the Mach-E, which essentially is the, some of the Mustang, is the Mustang Mach-E. Some of the Mustang, uh, you know, diehards are very, still very upset because far Decades and decades and decades and decades. The only car that that held the Mustang name was the two door uh you know, two door sports coupe. He was in a mm-hmm. fastback or a sports coupe or something like that. Now they make what they call the Mustang Maki, which is a four-door thing, which looks a little bit like a Mustang, but it's all electric. They're not going anywhere. I heard a story yesterday, you know, once again I'm the radio nerd, I listen to all these different radio stations, a guy who was traveling, who was in an airport somewhere, trying to rent a car and there were like three or four people in front of them, and they were being told, well, the only thing we have is an electric car. And the people were going like, are you going to get any gas cars in? We're probably within about an hour or so. I'll wait. Next person comes yeah. up in line. I can not believe it. <laughs> because nobody wants an electric
1: car. You know- so, what, so what you do then, if you're in the EV market, if I'm brainstorming in the EV market, and Lord knows these folks started on this. What 10, 15 years ago, <clears throat> this element of it. So what you do is, I mean, you have to do it from the from the government end, or you go to a large corporation and say, hey, if you guys want to meet your ESG goals, we've done the we've done the math, and if you convert, let's say, I don't know, you work for a major agriculture company that has a field team that sells seed all day long. Who would that be? <laughs> uh, Pioneer, Dow okay. DuPont. okay. Let's just say, let's just say Corteva. Let's not say any companies that have a auxiliary branch here in Chesterfield or Creepcore. But if you were a large agrochemical producer and you had people in the field selling stuff all day, you go to them and you say, hey, listen, you know, you don't have to cut your pollution at those plants so much if you make all your salespeople go from that old
0: F-150 to an EV. Well, that's the whole crazy thing with this. I think we talked about this. I, I heard that show. It was actually on NPR, and it was a very in-depth show on this crazy thing where they were buying the, what do they call it, Rex, R-E-C-S, or something. It had to do with um, essentially carbon credits. Yeah, but it's sort of like energy credits. And, yeah. Okay. And, and the crazy thing was, there were people saying, like the, the example they gave, there was a ski resort in in Aspen that was saying, "Hey, we are carbon neutral. We do not pollute." <laughs> but yet they got all these electricity running the lifts and the electricity running the you know running this and and you know yeah. electricity in the in the lodge and stuff like that. But they bought these these credits on the market. So essentially, even though they are using electricity, they're technically not using electricity. But they're offsets, Brad, oh and they're God. contributing positively
1: by purchasing these offsets. John, do you know how crazy that sounds? I mean, yeah, of, of course it is. <laughs> but you know what, though? <laughs> Think of the number of people and I worked shoulder to shoulder with these folks for more than a dozen years. If your job is based on, can, is based on meeting some threshold, you are going to do whatever fuzzy math you can to show that that product, it could be a chemical coating on a frying pan or it can be a pesticide or, or something on a ski lift, an Aspen. If you can show, hey, look, we're offsetting our carbon, then you know what? ESG funds can invest in you and you get a bonus and you meet your goals for the year. And you know what? And tw- your 2025 goals are going to be based on some fuzzy math, too.
0: Well, the whole crazy thing is just like you said, the crazy thing about the fact that it's, it's just all – hold on a minute don't know what's wrong with my voice this morning. It's all just fudging the numbers. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, there
1: was a, I saw a cartoon over, over the holidays, and I'll skip this part if I'm playing this show for my kids. But there, I saw a cartoon that said, you know, some of you are making fun of kids for believing in Santa Claus when some of your careers are based on ESG numbers.
0: Well, let, for those of you in the audience who don't know what ESG, explain ESG.
1: ESG is a standard by which companies, non-governmental organizations, and others judge themselves. It's environmental, social, and governance standards. So in other words, do you meet environmental thresholds of carbon sequestration or carbon pollution? On the social element, do you hire enough handicapped transgender Asians or other people that check diversity boxes and then on governance do you do the right thing when it ter- when it comes to uh policing your internal policies or putting enough people of color on your
0: board of directors and this was started by what the world economic forum and a bunch of companies gravitated yeah, to this yeah
1: and and so if you so it, it's a good way for to pressure now, if I were on the progressive side, Brad, I would say that it's a good way to encourage companies to do the quote-unquote right thing. And the beauty of it on the left is that once you hold some companies to a to a current standard, if you're in com- if you're radio, if we come out and say that Egbert is the first carbon neutral radio station in Missouri, and people start asking. You know, Hubbard, why their stations aren't carbon neutral, then we're pressuring them to buy the same BS data set that shows that they're carbon neutral or whatever.
0: The backlash is, which is now starting to happen more and more, that if you are a company that is uh, focused on ESG, uh, you may not pay attention to how much money your company is making, and your profits may not be good, and therefore your stock price may be in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And now there are people saying, hey, hold on a minute. I don't care you know, what your ESG is. I've invested my pension fund in your company. I want my return on investment. I want my – sc- you can throw your ESG numbers around. I want my ROI. You know, that, you know
1: you're absolutely right. And, the, and the, the, the counter argument to that, again, from a progressive, would be like, well, Brad – we're not gonna put Egbert Radio in our super ESG woke radio fund. So companies that want to so so companies that want to allow employees to invest their pension in 401k,
0: you're not gonna be in that ESG woke fund, Brad. Okay, we're gonna switch gears here. And I'm, you know, I'm going to say something that, uh, let me preface this by saying the January 6th thing, the whole thing which happened over three years ago now, January 6th, 2021, it's now 2024, and today the 16th <laughs> day of January. So this happened three years and ten, uh, 10 days ago, okay? I think it's a bunch of nutbags who ended up doing what they did, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't stress that enough, that that is not representative of Republicans or our conservatives are even to the point where where like for example when when we used to have we used to have the uh, the Brian Nieva show on the AM station uh, which believe it or not um, we're not on right now we're just on KSLQ but when we used to have the Brian Nieva show he called it the Patriot Enclave and he does it on Tracy's station right now yep, he's taking right. the same thing um, we used to have some of the Oath Keepers come in. And and they were to the point where they were, and, and maybe the, the the movement has morphed. But at that point in time, the Oath Keepers were an organization of men who essentially said, "We are responsible for our families. We were responsible mm-hmm. for our wives, and we are responsible for our communities." And we are here to do the right thing. We are here to protect our communities. If you know somebody comes into our community and tries to destroy our community, uh, if we have bad people that are trying to come in, you know, into our area, we are we're going to the guardian to, angels. We're yep. the guardian angels. We're gonna work with the police departments, we're gonna work with the, the county government, city government to try to, you know, protect our area. Okay, and once again, these people used to come in the radio station all the time to the point where if I was broke down on the highway and two people pulled over, one of who was, <laughs> I almost hate to say this, but one of who was like one of a Hillary Clinton person, and the other one was like an Oathkeeper. I'd say, hey, uh, this Oathkeeper guy is going to drive me up to the gas station because I ran out of gas. But I wouldn't want to go with the Hillary Clinton person. You know, yeah, to the point where course. we're going, like, I would trust the Oath Keeper. Now, having Absolutely. said that, people are going to go, oh, I can't believe you said that. Okay, why is it? that this riot that nobody's talking about that happened over the weekend at the yeah. White House is not being talked about. Do you know because what they weren't white conservative men, and they can't be vilified. And, and this is like the world's best-kept story that a bunch of these pro-Palestinian people attacked the White House, and I read the story when in some spots they damaged the fence to the White House, okay? They were trying, and the Secret Service people Essentially, put the White House in the lockdown. uh, Put some of the staffers. I guess they have like safe rooms and stuff like that in the White House. I think they have like a tunnel or something like that down there. They were essentially preparing for the White House to be overrun. But yeah, well,
1: here's here's why, Brad, and here's why here's why I think it's okay because there's been a long and valuable history of anti-war protesters or folks protesting war, protesting in Congress, and at the White House, so let's give them a little bit of room. And also, Brad, among this group over the weekend, nobody was wearing a Viking helmet. And a Viking helmet (laughs) is the indicator by which we decide what is and what is not an insurrection.
0: I just, to me, you know, and once again, I heard about this story and go, how come this isn't the the world's, the number one top story? Because- Because we had to keep Donald Trump from (laughs) launching authoritarianism (laughs) in Iowa, and we failed, Brad. (laughs) We'll talk about that next so see once again you know if we had found out that our founding fathers, the Jeffersons and the Washingtons and the Franklins and the people like that and the Adams had been cryogenically frozen back in their, you know, when they all died. And essentially, they yep. they didn't die when they let's say some aliens came to the to the planet Earth and they found these people uh, as they were getting near death. They went, "We are going to freeze you. We're going to <laughs> we're going to bring you back in two hundred plus years." And they unfroze them and they dumped them in D.C. and said, "Okay, look at." What your country has done, they would be shocked, you know, because of the fact that they go like, "This isn't what we wanted. This isn't how we envisioned the country. This is crazy." They would get in,
1: would get in their lightning <laughs> EV and they would head to Montana, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, they would head to Crapville because <laughs> no. they know
0: there's there's friendly oath keepers <laughs> right, not far right. from from Crapville. Right, Crapville. Do you know I'm going to run for mayor of Crapville in April? Do you know that? Do you think you'll have opposition? No. <laughs> I'm going to be it. Uh, I think the real estate industry might run somebody against you, Brad. You know, they very well may. Okay, we're going to take a break. Let me see where we're at. I've lost track of things here. This we're is... two minutes over, and it's because of me once
1: again.